Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Now, lots of people have been talking about signing up to Airbnb ever since it's been announced that Limerick is going to be hosting the Ryder Cup in a few years' time. But there are new rules about letting out your rooms in your house or even your whole house on Airbnb. Yet, only a fraction of the people who are doing uh, that are actually abiding by these new rules. Figures have been obtained from local authorities that show that... uh, Places that are renting out have not, only two places in Limerick City have actually registered. That's what you have to do. You have to register since the 1st of July. And to explain a little bit more about it, we have Councillor James Collins. James Collins on the line. Good morning to you, Councillor. Hello, are we there? Hello. Hi, hi, how are you? Um, Good morning. You can hear us clearly? I can hear you now, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So these new rules came into place on the 1st of July, right? And I suppose the purpose of it is to ease the housing crisis. Is that correct? Um, it is. We have a housing crisis. Uh, we don't have enough properties. Uh, everybody has been pushed towards the rental market. So we have uh, a housing crisis on many levels. So we're not building enough private houses, social houses, affordable houses. And many of the people who are currently on our housing uh, waiting list uh, are being pushed towards rental accommodation under the HAP scheme. So we have about 2,500 applicants on the housing list. We have another 2,500 uh, receiving housing assistance payment. But what's that um, got I, to do with the Airbnb? Because I thought Airbnb was kind of short lets. You know, you're going away for a weekend and you're looking for somewhere cheap to stay, don't want to pay hotel prices, so you're happy to stay in the room in a, somebody's spare bedroom. Yeah, it's it's all to do, I think, with the housing market. So some some Airbnbs are staying in in a, a person's spare bedroom. Uh, others might be staying in an apartment, uh, and others other operators are a little bit more professional than that. So you have to look at the housing market in totality. But so, people don't look for Airbnb as somewhere to live, do they? Uh, they don't. But what's happening is, if you have uh, short-term rentals uh, that are only available for short-term rentals. Uh, it's limiting the amount of properties that people can rent on a long-term basis. Um, and unfortunately, we aren't building enough properties. So there is a housing crisis. It's the worst but, that it's ever been. But what I don't understand is, like, I know a few people who do or have done Airbnb. And it has been about renting out the spare bedroom to somebody who's in Limerick for the weekend uh, or maybe for a week for work or something like that. They're not going to rent that room out permanently to somebody who wants to live. So, uh, there's, I think there's two ways uh, that the legislation is trying to, to, to deal with this, Gillian. So people that rent out uh, their property for less than uh, 90 days in a year uh, have to register so that there has to be some sort of a regulation around uh, who's, who's renting the rooms out. And then people who have properties that rent out for more than 90 days uh, actually have to come forward with an application for, for a change of use. Um, but there are other uh, schemes that are there as well. So, for example, you can rent a room out to, to in your house on a longer-term basis, for example, to a student that might be attending Mary I or University of Limerick. So there are other opportunities there. And do you have to register for that or get planning you, permission for change of use for that? No, you don't have to get planning permission for that. You do have to register. And I think there's a, it's a rent-a-room scheme. I think there's you can earn up to, uh, if my figures are correct, I think about 10000 a year, um, before tax, 
uh, to, to rent out a room. But the problem is there just aren't enough places for people to live and we're not building enough properties for people to live. So the whole market is intertwined. If there aren't enough properties um, being built, everybody, uh, either in a private rental or on a social through a housing assistance payment um, or even student accommodation, everybody is being directed towards the rental market. Okay, and that's what's causing that's what's causing the, the housing crisis. These people who have been using Airbnb the way I described it and the way I understand it is used, most people I know who use Airbnb <coughs> use it for those short break stays. Um, we've only had two properties register in Limerick City and County Council. Yes, and, and I think uh, that the legislation isn't there to stop people renting out rooms. I think it's just to regulate it. But does um, it mean that I'm, all the other people who haven't registered the fact that they occasionally rent out a room or that they have their room advertised on B&B to rent out, are they breaking the law now by not registering? And they have to register, and I think some of the complaints that come from the executive of the local authorities is that um, who's going to check? So if you're 90 days or you're 89 days or 91 days, that the legislation is different. Um, but that the local authorities, aside from Dublin, I think Dublin have been given 12 staff uh, to deal with uh, with these applications. Um, but the other local authorities haven't been given any extra resources uh, to try and regulate this. Isn't so it pretty maybe... easy to check, though? I mean, you go on to Airbnb, you'll see way more than two properties available in the Limerick area. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe uh, I can only assume that only two people uh, were registered because they're assuming that nobody's going to check. Uh, and we'll have to wait and see whether extra resources are made available to the local authority, uh, to somebody to go on to Airbnb and check what properties are available and see who has registered and who has not registered. Is there a penalty for not registering? Um, I, I'm assuming there is, Gillian. I don't know off the top of my head what it is. Okay. And... You say, you know, I, I understand the logic behind, you know, trying to get people who are letting out their spare rooms or their extension or their entire house for long periods of time and affecting the whole rental market. And you want them to get the, you know, the extra permission, not just the registering, the planning permission. But do you think it's going to have a massive impact? Um, I think lots of people in Limerick, as you said at the outset, are planning on uh, letting out their houses for the Ryder Cup in, in seven years' time, uh, possibly through Airbnb. Um, and, you know, there's going to be lots of people that are coming to Limerick that will be looking for places to stay. Um, it'll be needed. The, the hotels will not be able to cope with the demand, the current number of it, rooms, I wouldn't think. It'll be needed, and it's actually fantastic news. It's it's, uh, it's, it's a huge announcement for Limerick. Uh, we saw what La Hinch were able to do with the Irish Open uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but the Ryder Cup is on such a larger level than the, the, what the Irish Open is. Uh, and uh, congratulations, I suppose, it needs to go to JP and Nori McManus and Colm Hannan and the team at Adair for, for landing such a huge uh, event uh, in the Midwest. But what Limerick needs to do now is we need to take ownership of the Ryder Cup and we need to ensure that the, the government supports Limerick's vision and our ambition as well. So, you know, I've, I've been saying, I think we've, we've seen during the week in relation to Dublin Airport coming out on Twitter and saying that, you know, that they're the main transport hub for bringing people to uh, to the Ryder Cup in Adair. Um, what we need the government to do, because they talk a lot about regional balance, growth and economic development. Uh, so we've got seven years now to get ready for the Ryder Cup and, and this influx of people that are going to come to attend it. 
uh, and we need to to invest in the infrastructure yeah. in the Midwest. I, so we're talk, we've been talking about a lot of things, um, and I think now you know we've been given a catalyst. We've been given a deadline that we need to get ready for. Like you're talking about, obviously the obvious one is the Adair bypass, but we also have the M20 to Cork. You know, we've we Project Opera, we've UL yeah. and, and the Riverside Campus. O'Connell Street pedestrianisation. And loads has, of people are interested up. in all that, but loads of people yeah. are also interested in maybe being able to make a few quid, right? Yes, and, yes. and through Airbnb. Does this registration requirement mean they won't likely be able to do that? No, they, if they register, they can rent their, their a room in their home or their property out for up to 90 days in a year. So it doesn't prevent and, them from doing it. And do you think the reason that we only have two properties registered since the 1st of July when we all know that there's loads more than that available. Do you think that's because people aren't aware of the new rules or do you think it's possibly that people have a certain fear? I know sometimes um, people think once, they get, once they're on an official record um, then maybe somebody will come and investigate and say oh you're breaking health and safety rules or you owe tax on this and they just don't like registering for those reasons. Um, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that is the reason, Gillian. So maybe people aren't aware of what the regulations are. Uh, maybe people are choosing not to register uh, for, for whatever reason. Um, but uh, when it comes to letting your your room out or your property out in you know for the Ryder Cup or in the next seven years, you can still do it. Uh, you just need to register with the local authority to say that this is what you're doing. The Dublin Airport thing. Uh, yeah. you know, it was it was kind of a marketing ploy. They got they got out there first. Maybe Shannon Airport should have tweeted it first. I, I, it's I the obvious. No, I disagree that it's that it's a marketing ploy. I think it it's it's more about um, as I said a few minutes ago about regional balance and economic growth. So a lot of the Limerick twenty twenty forty or sorry Ireland twenty forty plan um, talks about balance regional development and the regions, and it's well known that. Um, it, there's a multiplier effect if you have a busy airport in your region that it multiplies out a number of times based on employment and economic activity. And unfortunately, uh, since the separation of, of Shannon Airport and the, from the DAA, it's done reasonably well. Um, but unfortunately, in comparison to Dublin, Dublin has been hoovering up 96% of the new passenger numbers that are coming into Ireland. So to put that into context... So was the was separ- a- are you saying the separation was a bad idea? Um, well, I think Dublin has been hoovering everything up. So to, just to put those numbers in context... It was hoovering context, it up before, before the separation as well, but, wasn't it? But even, but even more so now, Gillian, because if we get, for example, a million new passengers coming into Ireland, Dublin gets 960,000 of those. And the rest, Shannon, Cork, Knock, get 40,000. Uh, so what's so how do we is, sort how how do we change that? So what we need to do, and and I think the acting chief executive of Shannon Airport was in Clare County Council with, with a colleague of mine, uh, Cahal Crow, the mayor of Clare, recently, and, and she was calling for investment in Shannon Airport. So we've seen that the money that's been flowing into Dublin Airport, uh, we've been seeing the economic trend that's been happening and that's been following that, and we need to reverse it so that if we are real about balanced economic development um, in in the Midwest. Uh, we need to invest in our transport network, our public transport network, but we also need to invest um, in, in Shannon Airport. So like Dublin's growth since uh, 2012 has been 12.4 million passengers. Um, I think Shannon has been 450,000. So we've done okay, uh, but now we have this 
huge opportunity with the Ryder Cup that's on her horizon, giving us something to to uh, aim towards. Uh, and it should be the catalyst for us now to say, well, OK, we need to in, invest in all our infrastructure here in the Midwest, which needs to happen anyway. Um, but this, I think, is just giving us the, the, the opportunity uh, to, to really focus the mind and to put pressure on the government to start investing uh, in the Midwest, in our, in our uh, road infrastructure, in our rail infrastructure, our public transport, but also, again, to, to heed the calls that are being there from Shannon Airport. We have a fantastic facility here in the Midwest. Uh, it should be the gateway uh, for the Midwest, for all our tourism, including the Ryder Cup, and we just need the government to, to listen to what we're saying and to invest in it. You're not too impressed with the plans for O'Connell Street, are you? Um, O'Connell Street, I, I think it's it's a missed opportunity. And again, if we're going to have the vision and and uh, the ambition for the Midwest, um, I think uh, the word I used was it was a little bit of a fudge. Uh, so some people were expecting a whole lot more. Uh, some people maybe are a bit cautious about change. Um, but I think it's a missed opportunity for both the traders and the public. Uh, so again, it comes back down to how do we get people into the city centre? Would you have gone full pedestrianised? Um, well, I'd have preferred to see more of an element of pedestrianisation. I think having a bus lane up the middle of O'Connell Street uh, isn't really compatible with pedestrianisation. But then having said that, if you're going to pedestrianise the core of the city centre, you need to make sure that people can get there. So we need to have a functioning bus service. We need to have a reliable bus service or public transport system. Uh, so I think we need to make sure that um, it, it ties in with our plans for um, our, the, the transport survey for Limerick. So we need to look at the wider transport plan for Limerick, um, but also the plans that we have for Project Opera, uh, for UL down at the Riverside. We also announced plans were announced for a new retail offering down at Arthur's Key as well. So we can't look at these pieces or the building blocks uh, for Limerick's future in, in isolation. And unfortunately, what's been planned for O'Connell Street is uh, is to widen the footpaths and have a lane of traffic and a bus lane up O'Connell Street, um, which isn't really what people looked for. So in 2016, it was probably the largest programme of civic engagement ever in Limerick in terms of a project. And people put forward many ideas, and so people had, had varying views as to how the city centre should be used. Um, but here we are now in 2019, and, and it's not as if any of those ideas have been considered or, or acknowledged. And I think the public uh, expectation out there uh, is an awful lot higher than the draft proposal that the city planners have put before us. Okay, well, we'll leave it there for this morning. Thanks very much for that. That's Councillor James Collins of Fianna Fáil. Thanks for joining us on Limerick Today. Thanks, Julian. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.